This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Hope everybody's having a pleasant Sunday morning. Um, pretty peaceful now that I got some sleep. And look, a lot is going on in the last couple of days. Just chaos going on here. So let me explain. Like, one, I'm, I feel refreshed, especially compared to yesterday. Yesterday... There was a situation where I only got like four hours of sleep. And reason being is because of a motorcycle that was outside who, which alarm was just going off like crazy from 1 a.m. till like about, I think 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, because I was, I believe it, I, it stopped when I finished the Rampage Ramble podcast with Boris or Roberto Aguilar on Sunday night's main event, which by the way, that is up right now. Go to Sunday night's uh, main events website or go check them out on uh, various platforms to check out my appearance with that as we talk about uh, AEW Rampage Grand Slam edition of that and much more. We talk about other stuff that I've talked about on this platform as well. So I was on that show and when I was over, when we stopped recording, basically it was gone. Could have been the battery just ran out or whatever, but the guy or the person, I want to say it was the, it was the, guy, the person who whose bike it was like he never came out to let me think. hold on let me see if it's still out there oh yeah it's still out there not only is it still out there but it's even it's covered up now so the person had their bike out there i don't know apparently he didn't have the alarm that he had it was one of those cheap alarms it was just to show that you have an alarm but the problem is, is that like if you don't listen to it if you don't hear your alarm going off 
it's going to go off com consistently. You got to turn it off yourself manually from whatever remote control or whatever. So whoever this was never, never came out to do it, which means he probably didn't hear it and he didn't have a app that actually to, you know alerts him and notifies him that your alarm is going off go out there and see what's going on for all it's worth people somebody could have taken off with that bike regardless of the sound or dismantled or did whatever with it the whole entire time because he did not check it out so everybody in the neighborhood probably didn't get any sleep i only barely got like four hours i am running on a second tank of empty at this point and i've got to do you know boris's podcast with him luckily i was you know sane enough to do it but also it was like just before that it even got worse and this is where it gets to the fandom stuff a recent spider-man figure that i actually got a while back just like it it i, I dropped it and it broke a bit into pieces and to some extent so that's one thing but the biggest kicker is because of the rain and the heavy storming last night it created a little bit of an outage that outage kind of sparked up my um it kind of sparked up my nintendo switch my oled um which led to the unfortunate situation that the oled no longer works it somehow shorted the battery the battery is not working i've tried every youtube clip i could possibly can to try to revive this thing and with every technique that they have had none of it worked it still plays but like once that once the battery goes out it's done i have to replace the battery i don't live in an area where i can replace the battery i don't have the time to send it up to nintendo to have them replace it um maybe i could go on amazon and replace it myself down the line but like time is money so i for the this is the one thing and one reason why i am so grateful to live in this particular era the era we can just go online order something and have it delivered immediately not just food but nintendo switches as well thank you to target <laughs> who i instantly like i get stuff i get gaming stuff delivered every so often if but only if an emergency type of situation but i remember using target to deliver a uh dual sense controller for me because i think one i was missing my one when i traveled and i took it with me and i left it at the place that i was at and i like couldn't get to it and i knew i needed it because i had to you know i needed it for whatever review i was working on or whatever like that and the same thing here it's like i got a nintendo switch we got uh what is it infinity strash uh final fantasy uh not final fantasy uh dragon quest coming out this week along with other games that are coming out batman and arkham you know um the arkham series the trilogy is coming out in a couple weeks as well like i need all this stuff i need this stuff like yesterday um and thankfully one thankfully enough that i had the means to get another one two um uh, i ended up just immediately having the ability to have a target near us to the point that i didn't even have to get up and get dressed and go down here that was used to that used to be the go thing we had to do i would have to get dressed take a bus or in this case nowadays uber down to the mall which is like a few miles down from me and then go into probably GameStop, hoping that they have one in stock and then go come back from the traffic no in this day and age everything is like basically uber grubhub whatever so target has their deal where they deliver it to you day of same day so 
immediately. When I figured out that I couldn't do anything with the switch, I just went on target to the same day delivery. And man, did that really help out. And um, I'm so glad one, I hate to, I hate to say this. I'm probably not going to say this, but I'm just grateful that it got here. Let's just say that. <laughs> Depending on who it is that you know, you never know sometimes like, is it going to make it here? Um, there are certain things that I order that I get really worried about something when, when I, when I order a hot item, uh, and I'm wondering like, how is it packaged? How is it being delivered? Uh, who's handling it? Stuff like that. Is it going to make it from point A to point C at this point? Stuff like that. Like when I got my, um, AEW title belt, I was look, if anybody, anybody knows AEW, if everybody fans of AEW and goes into shop AEW, you know, the value of that belt. So of that replica. So I'm like, is this thing actually going to make it? I got to make sure I keep my eyes open for this and all stuff like that. So stuff of that range, I'm a little bit like Skep. If it's not UPS, UPS usually does me right. FedEx, on the other hand, that's a whole nother deal. So this in this case was more, like Target has what it almost seems like a kind of a Uber Eats type of or, you know, Grubhub type of format. But, you know, the person ordered it quick, fast in a hurry, got here. Like it literally got here like about a half hour after I did the um, Rampage Ramble podcast show and uh, I'm set. And so now I'm just reformatting the, the terabyte card that I have and just, you know, going back in the process. I'm back in the saddle again. So love the fact that we live in a generation in an in a, in a age right now where it's less stress free to that extent, because I that this could have been a way more stressful situation and it has been like if this was in the 90s or whatever like that when i used to order things from like play asia and all that stuff that this would have been this would have been horrible this would have been horrible if i had to order something from play asia or something like that back in the day in the 90s or, or even in early 2000s it would take like two weeks for this stuff to get here the time frame like i hate to be on my grown folk gamer mode and all that stuff but like y'all kids don't know what the hell how good you guys got it right now on a lot of things two weeks of shipping and handling and all the stuff just to get here and no guarantees you didn't have tracking or any of that stuff to go through so this is such a brother to get it the same day like for you guys is normal it's, it's just it's just tuesday for me i, I like technically is like yes this is the age that we live in but it's doesn't mean that I shouldn't admire or be at all or appreciate this age because of this, like stuff like this, I enjoy. So yes, I am back, um, you know, cause and just in time, because there are some other games that are coming up that I needed to switch for, um, interviews based on some of those games that I would need it for. So it had to be, it literally had to be. And, and again, San Diego comic-con, I mean, not San Diego, New York comic-con is literally two weeks away. And I definitely need it for that because on the 13th, the Arkham trilogy is coming out while I am in New York comic-con. So I damn sure need this here. And I want that thing to, you know, to download when I, you know, when I'm, while I'm away doing stuff. So kudos to technology and a new age, if you will. This is what we got right on this point. So, um, and it's a shame because I had that, the, the uh, which I'm not getting rid of the 
OLED that I have uh, that I had since day one. That that was a day one. If you guys remember, and if you go on to talktomlive.com, I covered the day one event of the when the OLED premiered and in, 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 um, Nintendo New York, and it was a huge line for that and for Metroid Dread. Um, you can see the video footage that I put in there as well. The line is just going wrapped around the building around the corner and in, in the Rockefeller area. Um, it was huge. And I didn't think at a point at the time I was going to be able to get one. I even had my man Craig get me, you know, get one from Philly, you know, while I was there. Cause I didn't know. And didn't come to find out. We end up, my wife and I, after we left New York comic con for the day, we headed to Rockefeller. We just like, all right, let's go there see what's going on let's see the aftermath of all the chaos that i did because i went on my own to cover the lines and all this stuff and, and get footage of the lines and all this stuff so after when i come when we came back we just like let's see what's in there let's see if we can grab a few things from there because we always go to nintendo new york whenever we hit philly it's just i mean um new york it just it just it's a tradition at this point and we're probably going to do it again um i will say though they don't have as much things as they used to like pre 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 uh pandemic they had a lot of great stuff in there and i think like post pandemic it just it's diluted a bit i don't know what they have now but let's see if they come if they catch up with things but i mean they used to have a lot in terms of amiibos and all types of things and they didn't have that much now it's just it's very interesting um nonetheless we went in there and surprisingly they had OLED still in stock because people weren't just getting the OLEDs. They were also getting Metroid Dread as well. Uh, so it was like a double deal, but they had some more stock. And apparently like New York, Nintendo New York has the most stock of their product than any GameStop or whatever is out there right now, any Walmart or whatever. So like they get limited amounts, but Nintendo New York, they stack. So I managed to get one. I had to call Craig. I'm like, yo, I'm, you know, I, I got, I already got one in my hands right now. We, I'm good. So it ended up working out and I ended up getting that one. I, that's the reason why I'm not getting rid of that. Cause there's a lot of story behind that. So if I could get a battery replaced in there, I'll just use it for my office. And maybe that could lead to me doing some, a bit of video streaming, um, in the process. Cause I have been thinking about doing that. It's just, I don't know where to start. And if anybody I know that knows how to get that popping, let me know. Cause I wouldn't mind factoring that in as well. So we got quite a i wouldn't say quite a bit to talk about today on the show um i would say we got some interesting things to talk about but in our talk topic of the week we're going to check out uh one of my favorite fighting animes that had came out with season three this uh week and that's kengan ashura on netflix uh season three came out it was that or expendables 4 and i just had a vibe that expendables 4, 4 was not going to be that great and i i saw a little bit of reviews online and it's people are giving it very less than lukewarm uh thoughts on that one i think it's just you know they should have stopped at three to be honest i was supposed to go i was asked to uh invited to a screening of it and i just it was too impromptu for me to go and then i saw pictures of the area where it was screened it was it was it was not good it was like the people did not go out their way to go see this uh, movie back when i went to go see the flash and go see transformers in two different theaters mind you each theater was packed full of people especially my favorite was um transformers uh rise of the beast that was hugely packed. it was one of the best movie uh 
movie experiences I had in quite a while since like Marvel. You know, what I'm seeing this is like Endgame or or um, or Infinity War. Like that was, or even Spider Man to that extent. Um, it was possibly one of the best movie experiences I had. Just you know, especially at the end when we found out where Noah was, you know, headed to at this point. So the crowd went crazy for that. The Flash was also dope too, and it was packed full of people. So it was, you know, what I'm saying like. I was surprised because it looked like when I go review a movie, because I have the benefit of, you know, having a theater near me, I'm able to just go there and just focus and really watch what I'm seeing and get mental notes on what I'm doing, you know, because I'm most likely going to review and talk about this on the show. So I like it there. So we only get like a mic, a very minority group. Like sometimes I could be the only one in that theater. And then, or it'd be just like five people. And that's how it was for the expense for that. When I saw the shot, it was exactly like that. And for that, for be for a screening that speaks volumes of saying, maybe it's time to give up on this franchise because how many more expendable movies can these guys do at this point? So, um, yeah, I, I may have actually just dodged a bullet on that one and I'll, maybe I'll check it out when it comes out on streaming, which it's not making too much money at this and it got a really it's really low in the box office right now so chances are it may hit paramount plus or whatever stuff like that whatever it's going to connect with very soon so stay tuned with that one but uh and, and, and you know i was speaking of movies i am going to check out that new uh john david washington movie that's coming out soon um it's coming out next week in fact uh what is it called what is the name of this thing because it's uh what is the name of that movie? It's based on, it's actually based on, um, how do you based on it? It's supposed to be like kind of a matrix AI type of movie, sci-fi movie. They didn't, there's really not much advertisement about it, but it stars him. And, uh, it looks, it looks really awesome. It looks enough for me to want to say like, I want to go check this out. So that's coming out next week. That's, that's one of those films that uh it's, yeah the creator i believe that's what it's called um yes the creator uh that he stars in it's like a really majorly big budget film that it's not really getting that big of a push to be honest in, in theaters but it looks very beautiful and it looks stunning and it's it's an original sci-fi movie that's not based on any comic books or anything. to me at least to my knowledge i could be wrong because everything's usually based on something but i'm intrigued about it i'm going to check this out next week so that's going to be that's going to be the thing i'm going to review next week is the creator so stay tuned for that uh it looks like an anime that comes to life it looks like something in the world of uh battle angel uh alita if you will so go ahead and check it out but in this show this week we're going to talk about uh, Keegan Ashura, and I'm going to give my thoughts on this season. This, I love fighting anime, as I said before. And like, um, this, you know, a lot of times is compared to Baki. I'm going to also talk about, you know, cause Baki has already come and I've already gave my thoughts on that one. So I want to give my thoughts on this and compare and contrast much like I did with Mortal Kombat one and street fighter six to that extent and think like they're both awesome, but which one is the better one? Which one I, I particularly like the most so we'll get on to that but let's not waste any time folks we got some things to talk about let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg 
right, so the first subject I want to talk about may be actually more of an editorial at best. And it, it's based on, again, social media being in an uproar for something because we always see that they're in an uproar for everything. So here's the situation. An anime-themed McDonald's ad triggers. Big surprise here. So what doesn't trigger social media these days? And, and, and we're going to get into that situation in a sec. But the deal is that people on social media once again finds something to be upset about when a new ad from McDonald's as featured campaign, you know, the ad that we've been seeing where uh, they show a bunch of clips from different TV shows, movies, um, anime, stuff like that, that does a lot of product placement of McDonald's on there. And including, you know, uh, the devil has a part-time, uh, is a part-timer and, and coming to America where they make fun of McDonald's with McDonald's, they put it all on there. It was like one of the best campaign ads I've ever seen is it, it, it was a great flexing campaign ad because there's product placement with all these things throughout years. Um, and they showed it on the office, all that stuff. So they're continuing this ad which shows anime clips of families and friends bonding while enjoying food from the popular food chain. Somehow, some way, a minority of people on social media found, re and I take notice when I said a minority, a vocal minority of people on social media found reason to be upset at what looks like to be a harmless and yet har uh, heartwarming scene from these. One anime scene on the McDonald's Japan, it's on the J uh, McDonald's Japan account on uh x formerly known as twitter of course uh which shows a mother and father innocently eating mcdonald's food with their daughter and their daughter is just enjoying every bite of the mcdonald's fries or whatever like that as the parents feed her another you know fry or whatever like that and it's very innocent and very relatable because we've all were that kid when we get mcdonald's food and we would have it's like for us as disney world when we have that as a kid in that age so you would think it'd be something a little bit more relatable, but nah, no, oh, somebody in social media found something to be contrarian about with this one. So let's go to the second one. The second scene, which is on another post, there are two different posts with these, uh, campaign, uh, you know, ads on here, these anime campaign ads on here. The second post shows a scene where three kids hanging out like kids normally do sitting on a grassy hill in Japan and eating McDonald's where's the controversy there one is on the phone the other one is reading a book and the other one is talking to the other friends and they're all having a really fun peaceful conversation with each other where's the controversy okay so you would think especially anime fans would appreciate the fanfare of these ads but once again and these ads okay these ads because they're on a you know mcdonald's japan account they're mostly meant for people in japan okay take note of that um yes we have access to see other accounts from different countries and whatnot and they have their way in view but for some reason fans in the u.s think that everything has to be dictated according to what the ideology of the u.s and not like these these young kids today think that like everybody should adhere should adhere to the ways of the united states you don't understand customs <laughs> custom means if you go to that country they're not going to act in the same fashion that you do in your country 
that you have once you go to their country you have to respect their customs their ways and that's how we grew up understanding different cultures and respecting that culture so when we go to that culture we dress in their garb we dress it, it you know a per, we dress to their customs we as a way of respecting but now today is called procreation if you will um and it's not like whoever's doing it is doing it maliciously they're doing it because they respect the culture and the argument about procreation is just a whole nother thing but because it's, it's not it's deeper there's some misconceptions of the idea of that and there's some things that it, there's deeper meanings to it and whatnot but how we grow back in the day is like if you go to japan nine chances out of ten you better respect their customs if you go to any country you better respect their customs you can't go in like you're the superior being in there like you're the big fish in a small pond no you need to go in there and respect their customs if they say that you should dress a certain way you should react a certain way you should conduct yourself in a certain way you do that in respect to their culture so that's what that's coming from that's what that means but you got these two accounts that are strictly from japan it wasn't really for the american audience so but you got americans who are going in there you got these kids that are going in there and voicing their opinion and they're just staying or whatever for whatever reason these are the same probably kids who probably say they like subs and don't read and, and don't understand a lick of uh japanese or the culture itself <laughs> to that extent and they they're found issue with it so like i said you would think that people especially anime fans would appreciate the fanfare of these ads but once again some people a my vocal minority of people i can't stress that enough chooses to cherry pick reasons to be angry online at some point if you find yourself arguing and debating everything like a contrarian if you don't know what that is look it up on social media maybe you should reassess and evaluate what's going on in your life that is leading you to displace anger and frustration upon everything you see online that you got to voice your opinion everything online like on like you just find issue with everything at some point people we need to look at here's my here's my suggestion go look at your stuff from like maybe a year ago or at least a year or two ago and see how you are talking to people see what you post online see because now here's the thing when you post online you're leaving a trail of your persona of what's going on with you all over the place your 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 print all over the place in the context of that can come off a little bit more can, can be disturbing and could be genuine it could be nice it could be positive it could be toxic whatever it is you're constantly putting your your virtual carbon print on social media and giving people an idea of which you are about and at least from a a, a a virtual standpoint whether you're the same person outside of that's a whole other thing and nine chances out of ten a lot of people aren't there's only a rare amount of people who are the same person that they are virtually online that they are outside and those are like usually the more realest people that you can ever find so not everybody not everything on social media in in the internet needs to have conflict and controversy and honestly this is one of those things those mcdonald's ads were i thought they were beautifully done i thought they were positive i thought they were genuine i thought they were just fantastic and you know 
if you're an anime fan, you should appreciate it. I just, I, I don't understand the riff about this. There's nothing controversial about those, those ads. We tend to use social media as a way to seek value. And I say that because whether it's through our talents, our looks, our antics, our, you know, stardoms or words or our words in hopes that it will go viral and change your life forever. The reality is with millions of people giving that opportunity or getting the opportunity or thinking that they get an opportunity for that matter, only a minority of people get through. These social media companies use strategies and tactics to make it seem like you have equal footing to go viral, but it turns out that it's not true because how the algorithm, how their algorithms work, which caters to certain stratification of people while ignoring another class of people. Mentally, that is taxing on like many people as a result and can lead to stupid arguments like this. <laughs> Because people always want to find a reason to make an uproar. You got that one person who wants to stand out from the crowd and have issue so they could be noticed. That's what I feel like this is, is that somebody wanted to find issue, it, 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 which is not genuine for this particular case. They want to find issue with this. So they spark some type of controversy and they make all this noise and they, they, they type in caps and now, all of a sudden it just sparks a, a whole entire conversation where other people who realize what's going on, they want to jump on the bandwagon and try to get viral out of it too. And then it just, you know, this creates the divide. So if you feel that you're on social media arguing about minor or trivial issues, rather than engaging in healthy and fun conversations with people, maybe it's time for you to, to take a break from social media and seek uh, a therapist at this point. Ask yourself, how many times have you argued with people online? And how many times have you had fun conversations with people online? If you find that you have it in the pre in the previous, you know, maybe it's time for you to take a break. Maybe go to McDonald's, have a happy meal. So just think about that for a sec, because that's just ridiculous. And all this type of stupid trolling and all that stuff, it just needs to stop. Speaking of trolling, we got to talk about IGN. IGN or whoever is involved in this in IGN is on a very sophomoric warpath against Netherrealm. And it's not to say that it's not warranted in a sense, but at some point it's just getting old and too far. So. If you're following IGN on any platform, and to some extent, I'll give GameSpot a little bit of uh, spotlight on this too, but not as much as IGN. You know, we talked about this on, on this week's Select Start and last week's Select Start when I reviewed Mortal Kombat 1 on a Nintendo Switch. The reviews are out, including mine, and my review just keeps diluting by the day. But nonetheless, we all know the deal. Netherrealm screwed up. They rushed out this product knowingly and they came up with an incomplete package for the Nintendo Switch owners, which is absolutely unethical and wrong, especially when you're charging that amount. So IGN for some reason, and I, you know, I questioned why Ed Boon 
went to BCC Newsbeat to talk about the fixing of this of the Nintendo Switch version rather than GameSpot or um, IGN. I kind of understand why now because IGN is continuing to troll NetherRealm. It's, it's it's a lot every single hour, day of the hour or hour of the day. There's a new post showing comparison videos about Mortal Kombat 1 in the comparison of the PS5 version or the PC version or the Xbox version to the Nintendo Switch. Look, we all get it. They screwed up big time. They screwed up massively like this. I told Boris on a ramp, uh, ramp, uh, rampage ramble podcast, the rambling portion of, uh, of that podcast. Like, but I asked him, when was the last time you seen anything this disastrous? And he immediately knew what I was getting to getting at. And he immediately answered WWE 2K 18 in 2017. When he came out with that, this is the same exact situation. I think the difference is going to come because I believe in NetherRealm enough to to feel like that they're going to fix this unlike 2k games did when they did not and it it remains a one of the worst ports ever to be on a uh on a nintendo switch mostly because they did not really fix the game and at the same time we got fans talking about aew fight forever is the worst wrestling game no it is not shut the hell up and sit the hell down with that one i've played dozens of wrestling games both from thq from ukes and others from japan to the likes that many of you have never even seen or knew existed and trust me when i tell you you have not played the worst game ever i've listed just at least like five or six of them that is actually legit bad games bad wrestling games aew fight forever is not they're only issue that people have reminds me of the same issue that they had with fantastic four the rise of of the silver surfer everybody loved it all the way up to the very end when we got to see the confrontation of silver surfer versus what we think is galactus but it's like a cloud that is kind of shaped like galactus because back then tim story and, and, and the production studios couldn't afford the the amount of CGI that we can see right now, where we see Guardians of the Galaxy actually have ego. And we, that was like one of the first times we ever seen an entity actually, you know, one of the entity gods on Marvel Comics come to life. And then we also see other, you know, the internals. We see, you know, those godlike beings there. We see, uh, what is the other one? Thor, God of um, Love and Thunder. We get to see Eternal in there we we get now we got the technology to see the beings that we ever seen before but before that everybody liked fantastic four rise of the silver server up until that point and then a vocal minority of fans all of a sudden just voiced out and say they you know and just started you know clowning that whole thing and for some reason because of that one little scene the rest of the movie sucked that's ridiculous this is the same thing aew fight forever basically is a solid core game that lacks the features that people want that is it it has nothing to do with the playability of the game and enjoyment of the playability of the game it all has if the game came out with a whole bunch of features match types or whatever like that then people would have a different opinion about it we would be hearing a total different thing it would not nobody said anything about the core mechanics except for the people who are too lazy to want to you know master the mechanics because there are people like 
you know, I hate the control scheme of this thing. It's too hard. It's really messed up. I'm like, no, it's not. It's called you need to have a certain skill in order to master it because there are people I know that has mastered the ability to use the counters at will and knows the timing just right. That's how it was when you worked with the Aki engine back in the day. You had to learn the timing of it. It's not like WWE 2K's engine where they make it a little bit more easier to counter things. So that's the situation with that. But in this case, Netherrealm screwed up bad. Yes, we get that. But to just keep coming out with these videos and they're coming out with videos like almost every hour of the hour of the same thing or re is that or are they reposting this whole thing? And I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know if, if they got some inside issue with Netherrealm because when Mortal Kombat 11 came out, they didn't have issue with them there. When Mortal Kombat 10 and 9 came out, they didn't have issues with them there. Every time Mortal Kombat or Injustice to that matter would come out on the PS Vita, there was nobody had issue with it. It was just as good. When Mortal Kombat 11 came out for the Nintendo Switch, nope, not many people had issue with it. It was that, it was people, you know, it, it was well received by the majority. But now we live in an age where it's all about, it, it, it's people, gamers are now about the superficial aspect, meaning it's all about the graphics and visual and in a frame rate rather than just the fun factor. Like, I don't care about playing games that are 30 frames per second. That doesn't stop the game from being great. That doesn't stop the game from being fun and enjoyable to play. Having 60 frames per second is just an additional thing. It's like when you put a cherry on top of, uh, of, of, of a red velvet cake or you put extra icing on a red velvet cake. It doesn't keep the actual cake itself from being great. It just adds on to it, but you don't really need it for it to be good on its own. You don't need high-end graphics. You can't say that high-end graphics is the determination of what it makes a game great or, fra or, or, or 60 uh, frames per second. You just don't. It. I, I don't understand the mindset, the ideology of people thinking that it's, it's perplexing to be honest it just I've, I've honestly i'm not a psychologist by any stretch only study basic psychology I, I took you know classes in psychology and sociology but i can i i can draw an inference if you will on the idea of what possibly is going on i feel like there are people compensating for something just having the need to want high-end graphics and stuff like that and i said just before it's like there are people there are guys there are men who do things to compensate for other things that they're lacking the old one of the oldest things is like men will buy luxurious cars or really really huge long cars or bigger cars to compensate for the lack of endowment that they have in life or whatever like that i feel like this is kind of the same thing this is kind of like, there are people who are just dying to have high-end, beautiful graphics and beautiful, you know, you know, frame rate and fast-paced frame rate or whatever. I'm wondering if this is like, it, what did they lack? It's like, 
is it those people who wanted to be to date attractive people in life or whatever like that i could be absolutely wrong about this but this is one of those situations like i want to see my characters especially my female characters look great on on, on a video game because i can't get it in, in my in my real world life or whatever like that i you know i'm joking but sometimes i feel like is this what it's about or is this some form of compensation for a lack of something in a life who are the like if you look at some of the people probably that you're that is talking and that is always on of this thing it's like do you like if you really think that you can enjoy you can't enjoy a video game without it being you know without the frame rate being 30 you know 60 uh frames per second and the graphics being that beautiful and like 4k like it doesn't matter like what happens when you get to 8k when we get to the 8k uh generation suddenly 4k is not enough like at this point 4k is ridiculous like i could play an 820 i can play it uh, uh you know a 1080 and still enjoy it i could play a 720 and still enjoy it, it games can still be enjoyable retro games have proven this retro games are are like just as great as they ever been because there are people who still enjoy the nostalgia of those games and they still have a great time enjoy like i can go and play capcom's ducktales and have just as much fun as i would playing horizon forbidden west or god of war like it doesn't matter or spider-man for that matter it doesn't matter it does i can play spider-man you know from the playstation the activist the original 3d spider-man i could play that and enjoy that just as much as i'm playing it now i can play i mean even though it may be outdated at this point in terms of everything i still will have an enjoyment i can play shattered dimensions and have and enjoy and have the same enjoyment it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter so in this case with the switch version there is a lot they, I mean, yeah, Netherrealm deserves a lot of the the the, uh, the feedback that they're getting from fans, but I feel like IGN is just adding fuels to the flames, and in an immature, sophomoric way. It's one thing to do one or two comparison videos; that's fine. It's one thing to do a review, like as they should, because they're that's what they do and not always good i mind you some of those reviews are i think are done by people who have not really known the history of the genre that they're covering um like i said the whole game changing cameo fighters thing really got me because i'm like no, no, we we've already seen that before so that's one thing or there are other you know reviews that i've read where if you actually read it you're like i don't think this person really understands the genre of why this is and i don't think they really invested i feel like they just get they pick whatever game that they they choose them to do and they do it without actually doing any research on the genre's history at that which is a, one of the things that is troubling in this generation in itself but you do it one or two times that's fine but to do it as much and people are starting to realize this i've read some of the comments there are people who start to say like, all right, this is getting out of hand. This is getting tiresome. This is getting, you know, all right, enough is enough. And I agree. Doing it one or two times is fine, but constantly posting this 
over and over again we get it we all get it at this point like who is who are the quote-unquote content creators on ign and who are the people managing so their social media that are continuing to say like this is a good idea to keep antagonizing netherrealm and and switch owners with this like even switch owners are on the side of you know other people like we got the bad end and yeah let's let's joke this because this is a joke i don't regret it buying that game because one they never really didn't they never done anything like this in the past never two the integrity of that company is enough to the point that like i i have trust that they will fix the situation um they've never given us reason not to trust them before so i just don't think that is warranted for them to do it and at this point when you're doing it multiple times like that it becomes annoying and somewhat sophomoric so i'm like who are how old are the kids that are posting on ign right now because this is getting stupid unless they're getting hacked to that extent but it's just it, it makes them look bad it makes them look bad it doesn't give them the high you know value of praise and look that ign has grown over the years and they just need to stop like after this week they need to just move on because we get it now we just wait to see what the update is going to look like and i told boris i'm predicting like i don't know i know that they're currently they've been currently working on this i have no belief that like they just discovered that this game was bad and you know heard the fans feedback based on that they're going to start working no i have i i i believe in my heart of hearts that they knew that this thing was unfinished and incomplete and they pushed it in the invasion mode prove that if you own the playstation or xbox or pc version but also own the switch version you would know that the switch version is just incomplete and they they, they somehow nintendo approved of this beforehand normally nintendo's really strict on making sure that these things don't happen um but they knew going in that they had they were already working on so this like sh uh, shiver and saber who I believe are the ones behind the out there, the ones that were outsourced to do this one, and they were outsourced to do the Mortal Kombat 11 one. They knew, they knew all along that they're, they're um, that this was they were going to push this out on incomplete, and they are also working on it as they are doing this. So, this was all planned. I don't think it was a good plan. I think, if anything, can you just put this on hold until you actually make it look good enough i don't know if they're gonna get this done in a month or even two months i think this is gonna be i think we're gonna see something by november or even if it depends on how far they are i would say i could be wrong and i'm hoping i'm in this case i'm hoping i'm wrong i'm hoping because it's 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 a <laughs> the things that are wrong with this game it requires a huge absolutely huge update like i just got the update i just got the uh, update for um cyberpunk that was 17 gigs i almost believe that it's the the, the, the update that they're going to need for this game is going to be just as huge it might I, I i i could be wrong what do i know i'm just speaking as a fan here but i predict if they are worth be working on it it's probably beginning october mid-october or early november because this thing is there's a lot 
there is a lot that needs to be done with this game. It needs like take pictures of this game now. Take screen prints of this game now. And when they come out with the update, we need to do comparison videos of that. Because if it doesn't meet standards, then you need to be upset. But right now, you just got to be patient. And unfortunately, it, we shouldn't have to be patient. But that's what's going to happen. So I trust NetherRealm to do it, but IGN, chill out, man. Like, it, it's just not that, it's not that deep, first of all. And if you're just all doing all this to get clicks and all this stuff, like, do better. Like, you're supposed to be media. You're supposed to be journalism to that extent. What is this that you're doing? It, it This really doesn't look highly upon a highly respected media outlet for our fan base entertainment. So that's all I'm saying there. All right. Last thing I want to talk about before we go into our talk topic is Jamie Lee Curtis, baby. Love me some Jamie Lee Curtis. Even before I knew how much of a fan she was of certain fandoms. Just nothing. If you watch Jamie Lee Curtis for years, there's a lot to like about that woman. Oh, trading places. That's all I'm saying. But nonetheless, Jamie Lee Curtis is all for being in the cast of uh, One Piece in season two when it comes out. Ever since the popular live action adaptation of the anime uh, series arrived on Netflix, which has led to record-breaking numbers of viewers and subscribers coming on this thing and to watch this, it's, it's, it's been majorly hyped. And a fan, it always start with one fan. A fan has suggested that Jamie Lee Curtis play a particular character in season two. Jamie Lee Curtis is off the cuffs of her Oscar winning performance and everything everywhere all at once. And now fans see her as a great fit for an upcoming second season character. As far as, uh, hey, wait, wait, what I was going to say here. Um, they went as far as, uh, going online to say that she would be great for the role of Dr. Korea, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, who is the mentor of Chopper, you know, when Chopper's when chopper first appear um you know he is with this doctor who teaches him uh teaches chopper all that he knows uh, about you know medicine and all the stuff so it's a very beloved character in the in the series and in, in the early uh setting of the series safe to say she would be perfect for this role as an actor uh and a fan because you know for those who don't know jamie lee curtis is well known for her fandom uh act antics while not filming a movie or tv show or whatever like that I, as if I couldn't love Jamie Lee Curtis enough, but as a fighting game fan, this even made her hotter. <laughs> she, for those who don't know, she is an avid Street Fighter fan. Like she legit plays Street Fighter. She is a fan of Street Fighter. She owns a PlayStation at home where she played Street Fighter 5 and Street Fighter 4 too, if I'm correct. She has even secretly cosplayed as Vega, appearing at an E3 tournament years back, unbeknownst to anybody at the event. She was walking around, taking pictures with people. People had no clue to who that was behind it. Then apparently she posted a picture of her, you know, unmasking herself with the Vega mask. And come to find out it was Jamie Lee Curtis at that event. So if anybody saw <laughs> If anybody took a picture of Vega at that, that Evo event back then, they were taking pictures with Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, I love that because that's a, that's something that happens at San Diego Comic-Con a lot. Um, 
I believe um, Lapita Nguyen did that. She dressed up as a Power Ranger at San Diego Comic-Con and people were taking pictures of her and stuff and nobody knew it was uh, Lapita Nguyen that whole time. It is fantastic. So they, yeah, they, a lot of times, big celebrities will go on to conventions or big events like that and dress up and cosplay and do that. I remember one year when I went to San Diego Comic-Con because I know also, uh, Conan, uh, what is it? Conan, uh, God, what is his name? I forgot. Uh, what the hell's the dude named the, the talk show host? Conan O'Brien actually did that too. Like every year, cause he would do a show in San Diego during San Diego Comic-Con and he would invite, um, stars from particular movies that are coming out sooner or later or whatnot there. And it was like a free event if you go there. And I, got, I still have my shirt, my Conan O'Brien shirt from San Diego Comic-Con uh, 2017. And I took a picture with the big um, Funko, you know, guy, somebody dressed up as a Funko character. So a lot of times it is actually Conan O'Brien that's dressing up in these outfits or whatever like that. So I'm like, I gotta take a picture because if that's Conan O'Brien, I'm a freak out. Unfortunately, it was not Conan O'Brien in there, at least to my knowledge. I, I, I've watched that episode i watch episodes to see if conan o'brien will reveal himself as a certain thing or whatever like he would do stuff like that too so um the fact that jamie lee curtis is a hardcore fan of street fighter like that that dope that is fantastic so she's also i believe her daughter had a wedding where they all dressed up in some particular uh themed wedding that was a very fandom based wedding uh, to some extent too and they're just she is just awesome so people believe that she will be a perfect fit not just because she looks the part uh which she actually does I, you know if you've seen her on uh in um everywhere uh everything everywhere at once she kind of looks like the character there when she's in makeup and all this stuff i think she could she would be perfect for the role now i also will say like i don't want them to get into the, the certain trait where they feel like they need a really big name character, a uh, big name star to be on these shows. Cause I hate the idea when new projects come out and they get these big name actress or uh, actors, excuse me, to come out just to get that fanfare in, which is great and all this stuff. But after a while, there's times when it doesn't work. And I will say that for Holly Berry in X-Men and Jennifer Lawrence and uh, any of in later X-Men series, they, they were great in their roles, but then they started use, they, they work the story where these the, they're playing characters of characters in the story and they in the story where in the original canon story those characters are not main characters but in the movie version because of their star power they were their characters were made to be main characters and i'm like that's dumb as hell and i don't know why for some reason fox kept doing it they did it with holly berry and we got X3 and then also we got Jennifer Lawrence and like by the second or third movie, I think by apocalypse, it was like, she was the leader of the X-Men. I'm like, what, how is Mystique the leader of the X-Men? That makes no sense. So by Dark Phoenix, they remedied that situation. And it was like, okay, you really need, they, it shouldn't ever got to that point. But in this case, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is perfect because it's a role that doesn't require her to be a main attraction, but just, for fanfare's sake and just the fact that she's a fan of the show, it would be great. Now, if they start working around the, the story and start changing it and taking liberties with the story, where she's the main character and she becomes, you know, something a little bit more pivotal to the role, then that's when you go too far. But 
I think in this case, if they use her sparingly, it'll be awesome. So turns out Jamie Lee has heard the positive outcry and has responded by saying once the strike and once and strike and of other things are and hyped and, cap and capitalized or caps for re for great reasons once the strike against the greed of the amtpt is settled with a fair contract i will lobby along with the growing frenzy uh, to become dr korea in the one piece netflix series so there you have it folks she is a advocate of this as you should be an advocate to what they're fighting for right now so i think that was strategically and beautifully done a beautifully done response to her basically you scratch my back i scratch yours in this case so if you want her to be this join the fight against the amtpt who is the people responsible for the amount of pay that these actors need to live a normal life and a healthy life into you know balance to, to meet the standards of inflation of today and also be taken care of properly. That's what they're fighting for. So once that's done, then they do it. But you know what it's going to take for them to do it? Us. We're going to have to join this fight because joining this fight for them is also joining a fight for any other company that's, try, that's going to try to do the same thing. Because guess what? I said it before and I'm going to say it again and I'm going to keep saying it. All these companies in its core are corporations and they all conduct the same practices whether it be hollywood or nike or wrestling or whatever or ufc idiot they all conduct the same practices we all need to fight for our worth and that's all they're doing right there so let's hope for it all to happen and folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i'm going to talk about the third season of kengan ashura on netflix and we're going to do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and this is my look in review of Kengan Ashura season three on Netflix. Uh, this is a hard hitting series based on a manga that uh, has a character entering a underground fighting arena. Now, you know, when you think that for most anime fans, you think Baki, but Kengan Ashura, I don't know when the manga actually premiered because I it was 
first time I ever heard of this is when it when the anime hit Netflix. But apparently, there's been an ongoing manga that's been out for quite some time, and this is where it's based off of. And there's always been the comparison between Baki and this series, but Baki has been out way longer. The first Baki uh, OVA came out, I think, in like '89 or something like that, if I remember correctly. The original Baki series before they even made it into a actual t ongoing uh, series in Japan and then you know Netflix bought the rights and continued it from here which is why it took over 20 years for us to see the fight between Baki and Yujiro which ended in a anticlimactic, uh you know result in my opinion but Kengan Ashura also plays very similar to that except there's a, there's quite a few differences here both in story and character design and animation style here so for those who don't know, it's basically starts off and I'm reading off of IMDB from here just to give the story uh, analysis here. Basically, it's a timid old man that is summoned. He actually he's summoned to by his chairman to become the manager of Takeda Oma, who's the main character of this story, who is a highly skilled gladiator or martial arts fighter who only cares about fighting and winning the Kengan tournament. Uh, matches so that's it's a very simple storyline and from that you meet all these other really crazy violent dangerous group of uh fighters all throughout the game up uh, all, all throughout the game it really is like a fighting game all throughout the uh series all coming to face kengan and other people to become the champion of the kengan tournaments uh we've already seen plenty of these fights and these fights are awesome so the animation style here, it, it's a mix of old school hand-drawn style mixed with 3D CGI uh, framework here, if you will. Netflix anime has a theme to all of the animes, and most of them are basically CGI anime or a mixture of hand-drawn and 3D to that extent. So you're going to see a mix of that, but Kengan Ashura kind of mixes both of those together and it gets better and better every single time this i think season three is absolutely the best i've seen so far in terms of the fight uh choreography and and the animation in here and the character design the character design has always been great it it embellishes the old school very high detailed style of uh art style and character design uh mostly that you would see in in, in, the, in the manga but also you know for those who've been watching anime since the 80s or the 70s and i'm talking about like fist of the north star and such like that where it's like highly detailed characters that you would only see this side of jim lee and this is kind of the same thing here and just to see all that come to life it's just it looks so awesome uh season three it goes a different direction here there's a lot of there's a uh, there's a lot of focus on other characters this season rather than uh uma who's the main character because and that Recently, reason being is because after the events of the season two fights that he was involved with, um, he's coming in thinking that he's going to be okay. He's fighting his managers and whatnot um, is in there to check on him. They want him to go get checked out because the last fight that he was in was incredibly merciless, if you will. And yeah, if it was, if you've seen the season two, all of a sudden they're in a bar, you know, um, the time the timid old man if they speak i forgot his name um he's concerned about him and i i, I like their their relationship 
has even grown since the first season um he actually i believe how they met was he was almost attacked by a guy in the alleyway and oma just came along out of nowhere and saved him and their relationship has been crazy ever since and all of a sudden he's become the manager of oma all of a sudden so taki uh so tokita basically those two stick together they their relationship is just weird but i dig it <laughs> so this time around they're in a bar he's in a you know he's just finishing off of the recent fight for whatever's happening there and suddenly when he just decides that you know he talks to the to the manager who suggests that he goes get checked out by a doctor and everything and he first he denies it because every masculine testosterone level fighter always is like i'm fine he all of a sudden passes out and passes out and goes into a coma like state pretty much he does not wake up there's whatever and there's a there, now there's a backstory here where they say like he he has something inside of him that has not yet to, is yet to come out and almost like in the same thing pretty similar to that of like ryu in uh akuma or goki if you will where they have the um dark hudo in him whatever like that there's something in him that has yet to come out and now he's in this coma like state comatose like state not getting up and he has to fight in the tournament what i like about this series too in terms of the tournament is that it is i believe it is an underground tournament i but it is still sponsored the crazy part is like each fighter is sponsored by a an organization i when i think about that i it reminds me of tiger and bunny because if you watch tiger and bunny which is also on netflix by the way tiger and bunny are a bunch of superheroes that are sponsored by different people uh, by different organizations and, and not only just different organizations like legit organizations real world organizations like pepsi bandai namco coca-cola like that's what i love about tiger and bunny they have legit real world sponsors behind each character but this one is a little bit more they have sponsors in this one too but it's a little bit more fictitious uh if you will so i always thought that that was awesome this is awesome too but this is an underground fighter so i don't know if these organizations are advertising that they're sponsoring these fighters or is it just totally underground i'm still a little bit perplexed with that but his organization is looking after him they are making sure he's okay but he's in a comatose state now while they do that all through the later episodes here you're gonna see um you're basically gonna see other fighters get you know more of the focus here so we got about 12 episodes that have uh, had the season i don't know if we're getting any more but let me look at season two if i remember correctly see if we're gonna get any no we got the full season it looks like so full we got 12 episodes here that are focused on more of the other fighters um that is going on here's some really really awesome fights um that have uh come around here so i like the fact that they put more focus on the other fighters here to give you more character development in this time around so you got all of these you got to see wrestling here you got to see put her um you know uh pan craze for, for the most part and other different deals and the story what i love about this story with uh, the story here too is unlike the adventures of die uh dragon crest which i reviewed last week in terms of dialogue this is where dialogue comes in right because yeah they have those little moments where they're talking about certain things that are going on in terms of the technique and what has happened in in this particular storyline but 
it's a little bit more faster pace and they're doing it in their head rather than actually having long talks and explanations of why certain things have happened in there they do that but it's not nearly it doesn't i'm not looking at my watch at the time when i do it there are parts of dragon quest the adventures of die where they having these long conversations during these really during moments they should be having conversations like pop and what was it pop and die were fighting um one of the dark uh one of the members of the dark army and they were in a ring of fire and they're having this really long conversation where like in seconds you should be dead but they're it's like 15 minutes in and they're still having this conversation about it i'm like why is this dragon so long but in this series when they have conversations very short sweet and then they get at it but i think normally in between or whatever like that they just do have a moment of thought or they would flash back into a situation but never during the conversation so i did appreciate this how fast paced and it's like it's all more action based but then they do take a little bit of time but not too much time on dialogue here so i really appreciated that and it made the series go tastefully well in this whole thing so apparently by the time you get up to uh, uh 12 there's another organization that is out to try to make sure that uh oma doesn't make it back to the tournament and it looks like he comes off that he's not because if he doesn't come back and revive that organization is going to his organization that is representing him and sponsoring him is going to have to res, uh, re, uh renege and uh, resign from the tournament is he going to make it and i'll leave it at that because i don't want to spoil everything but come on he's just he's the main character of the story but the fact that they dragged it all the way enough for us to see a lot of the characters from previous uh episodes get a little bit more shine this time around it was really awesome so i like the pacing of the story i liked where they went with this if you're into some if you into like fighting anime like i am or sojo anime that um or shoji i believe anime that is basically martial arts based like i'm into like that's like i'm of course dragon ball z um what is the other one uh yu yu hakusho ramna one half stuff like that that involved that that part of the story is based on martial arts baki stuff like that that's my kick that has always been my kick with anime like stuff like that uh fist of the north star <laughs> that's my that's my deal like if it's based on like actual martial arts technique and heritage or whatever like that that is more my speed so i get into stuff like that so if you're into this type of anime this is the type of anime that you want to get down with and trust me this to me is the anime that i grew up with this is the anime that i immediately fell in love with during the 90s especially when the decline of great animated shows and cartoons in america were declining and they were budgeting so i mean just right after right around the time when who is it uh ren and stimpy came out and beavis and butthead came out i feel like those were the genesis of in it I, again I, I i point at ren and stimpy as if it was a bad no it was one of it was the last of great animated cartoons and then everybody started having these cruelly badly drawn and designed cartoons like beefs and butthead because they saw 
how great Beavs and how successful Beavs and Butthead was. And from that point, all these other studios started just going on a bandwagon of drawing these cruelly animated and drawn characters. And I'm going to say this one that probably going to piss people off, but Ed, Ed and Eddie, that type of deal. So I, I'm one of the rare people who really liked Ed, Ed and Eddie. I hated, I hated that show wholeheartedly because it was like, they were just so nonsensical. And I felt like this is the direction that our general, our society is going and our generation is going. And there's a lot of Ed, Ed's and Eddie's out today in the real world. There is a lot of them. I just felt like they were so nonsensical. It, would, it used to annoy me. There was no great direction. It was just like, they just did stupid stuff. The show was just a bunch of kids doing very stupid things, but there was no rhyme or reason for it. There was no lead in towards it. So it was just, it just, it bothered me. And I was like, this is going to influence a lot of people from doing stupid stuff today. This is the Ed, Ed and Eddie generation for sure. <laughs> for a lot of reasons if you look at that cartoon and you look at some of the things that you see on tiktok and all these other things this is the ed ed and eddie era <laughs> for sure so anime like this when i saw fist of the north star for the first time and um not even just talking about like battle of the planets because we watched that back in the day and like it was dope but it was like we didn't realize that was anime or it was considered that type of style at the time because we've been privy to it prior to but when we start, started seeing stuff like that and, you know, Ninja Scroll and Wicked City and and and, and Crying Freeman uh, and all stuff like that and GoGo13, the professional and all that, like stuff like that, really like, whoa, what is this? What is this new kick? Kengan Ashura takes you back to that type of era of like, this is stuff that, this is the reason why we love Japan. This is an art style that we've never seen before that we would never see the light of day in America. This was something treasured that we're seeing. And, and, you know, I'm glad that we're still seeing it now. And it, it made, it forced America to get their, get their ball together. With, Cause now we're seeing a lot better animated series and, and shows now. I mean, some of it is, a lot of it is heavily influenced by anime. Um, W Warner brothers animation, especially have taken a lot from um what anime has done dating back to superman the animated series um do you watch that series there's an episode in particular where it was superman versus shazam and it was the first time i've ever seen in america where superman got into a fight where he was getting beat up and we didn't never we never saw that until dragon ball z when dragon ball z came out like I said before, I've said it many times in press episodes, Dragon Ball Z is the first show where you see the protagonist actually get his ass handed to him. And I think the, the directors and the writers and the animators from WB animation when at the time when they were working on Superman animated series were fans of Dragon Ball. Cause this was during a tape trading time. And we were now starting to get access to these shows in Japan where people were traveling to Japan, recording them from, you know, um, VHS and then shipping them, importing them into America. And then those guys would sell them on comic book conventions and all this stuff. Like not like the comic book conventions that the elaborate comic book conventions that we see today, old school comic book conventions where they were like in a basement of something or whatever like that. And they would have these tapes that people will buy. That's the first time we saw the Japanese Spider-Man before. And 
we would see stuff like this and just be at awe. Like y'all can watch all the Tom and Jerry and all the stuff right there. Y'all should watch that. We're watching this. This is this is adult level stuff. <laughs> you know? So this show, this series takes you back into a time that you grew up loving anime and falling in love with anime again. You know, and it's just awesome. So if you like, you know, hardcore gritty martial arts style anime like this, this is what you get now. I will say this in comparison to Baki and we i gave my review of ba uh, baki a few weeks ago like uh, a while ago a few episodes ago i love baki i always love baki for what it is but i feel like the recent seasons really fell off a bit not just because of the story told the the, the narrative and where that was going and where that ended up leading to but just also the art style too like some of the art style was kind of lacking to me and it kind of I, if you look at the the original Baki series in uh, in the 2000s, when he when they started him off as a kid and then ended up leading to where the OVA picked up and then they just went on from after that with uh, Yujiro, it was way better than what you see now. Like a little bit, I looked at some of the art style and I'm like, it's a little bit over exaggerated. Kind of look like what people how joke people joke on Rob Liefeld drawings. Uh, uh, illustration sometime there were some odd looking aspects of the anime that was there but for the most part when it came to the animation and the fight scenes and everything it was great but the story told like i said before i think it it was anticlimactic to me the direction it, it just went off a really weird place plus after a while the story itself started to become a little bit nonsensical because the, the things that they were able to do and the things that the the guys they were doing are just absolutely ridiculous ridiculous i mean it was it was it was ridiculous to the point to a humorous level not to say i didn't like it but i looked at him like this is just so ridiculous over this is way too over the top but it's just hilarious at some point whereas kengan ashura the fighters have extraordinary abilities but not over the top and they're not criminals they're like actual just fighters in here whereas like in baki they are all like mass murders and serial killers and, a, and repeat offenders to some extent to society um they're some of the most dangerous people in the world but in this one they're actual athletes from different parts of the world with different disciplines you know martial arts disciplines and whatnot so it's it's more or less like you know an actual fight this is you know pancreas and its finest this is uh valley tudo if you will which basically is anything goes uh if you watch uh ramna is basically to anything go uh, anything goes school of martial arts to that extent here it's just like they're actual athletes from different parts of the world and they are the top of their you know of their brass and they're it's it's what the ufc originally was the first ufc ever in 93 was a tournament where it wasn't a mixed martial arts tournament it was a martial arts tournament because at the time not everybody everybody just knew one discipline and they represented that one discipline so you you had a taekwondo guy it was basically they brought street fighter to life they brought enter the dragon to life um by getting in to an extent mortal Kombat. you got a person representing a different martial art to come together to see who has the best martial arts now everybody's mixing and matching not that there's anything real because to be honest bruce lee is one of the original pioneers of mixed martial arts jeet kundo is 
a it's based on an amalgam of different martial arts styles and he just picked certain martial arts techniques into a one form which he calls the way of the intercepting fist that is basically one of the first original mixed martial arts styles out there so that is what he turned into basically what we see today so this is one of the this show is one of those cases where it's like it, it reflects on one of the original concepts of martial arts and i believe there is a mixed martial arts fighter maybe in here to that extent but everything else is basically everybody has one particular art that they that they uh fall into so it, it takes you back to this deal so if you it, I, I i tend now after watching the third season i like the direction that they're going in i think they're going into a better story and narrative than baki ends up going even though we the basic narrative of and premise of baki is him growing up to be one of the greatest fighters ever and also over you know superseding his father we got that we i just feel like me personally i don't feel like we got it i feel like i got it the way that i was hoping for and it went such a different direction it just it was just weird maybe i'll watch it again and have a different opinion of it but right now just having i feel like Kengan Ashura for me is going in direction I would like to see in these type of uh type of animes in these type of genre of animes if you will so like I said I I, I right now because I can't really say which one is better but I'm enjoying this one better than I have well Baki and I enjoy Baki more than this at one point but then like I said it went just going to a way different direction than I ever thought so right now season three is getting me but I can't say which one is better because Kengan Ashura has not ended its series yet so it would be unfair for me to say one is better than the other one one is still ongoing and we may see another season we, we're definitely going to see another season of this as to when I don't know because these seasons seem to take a very long time to come out and I believe the last se time this season came out when did like I'll say when did uh second season 2019 right before the pandemic so now it's 2023 it's about four years since the new one I, I i get it the pandemic probably played a major part in it um so i maybe we'll see it a lot more we'll, we'll see a lot more faster now that things have come back to normal as normal as can be but i'm looking forward to seeing the next season and i'm glad that they're still coming out with new episodes with this because this this series is awesome this is i i kind of enjoy this actually even more oh it's hard than to, to, to some mixed martial arts shows that i see i've seen in, in in the previous but man this is awesome so if you're a fighting fan definitely go anyway check this out this season probably the best season i've seen so far so there you have it folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed this like i said next week um i'm going to check out the creator i'm going to review that and let me look at my schedule like i do with my therapist uh see if i will be available so um yeah next week or this week um we're gonna see that we're also going to give my thoughts on cyber trunk uh, cyber trunk let me say that again i'm gonna give my thoughts on cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty getting a lot of great praise from early reviews out right now it's coming out this tuesday officially 
so I'll give my thoughts on it. I'm looking forward to it. This is said to be the redemption song. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, they are actually they've already had the redemption song, to be honest, there with the with the um fixing of the series, but now it, people are saying it's a whole new different game. Even if you play it over again, it's a whole new different game. I'm choosing not to play the original game, at least not until I play the second one, and then maybe I'll go back and play everything again. But I've gotten so immersed into the first three stories of the game i can't go back into that trust me you you don't need you do not need virtual reality gargles to get immersed into this game this game already gets you in especially when it comes to the love interests of the people that you're involved with man it is it is so crazy you'll get so drawn in with this so i was like nope i'm not going into this again I'm not. I'm going straight to Phantom Liberty. I've already proved. I'll just transfer all the information there. Go there. But there's a lot of different aspects I hear that is going to be great to enjoy, and especially the vertical combat. So I can't wait to try that out too. So that's going to be this week. Uh, like I said, uh, Dragon Quest also comes out this week, but that won't be reviewed until next week. So stay tuned for that review. So we already got those two involved, and then I'm going to have to settle down a bit because New York Comic Con's coming. So there's a lot to uh, check out there. I, I will say I will be at most, uh, the panels that I've chosen to be. I didn't get reservation for all panels, but the Dragon Ball one I did. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one because they're not saying what's going to happen, but something big is going to happen. If it's a curator, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> He's going to be at the panel because it's going to be an empire stage. So stay tuned. I will have all that reported. There will be a lot of footage, a lot of feedback on talktomlive.com. Trust me. Speaking of talktomlive.com, if you love this episode and every episode of this show, all the audio episodes that we do, you could go on talktomlive.com and check it out there. Easier to find with our search engine on that website as well. Um, also, our video exclusive interviews with some of the best and all of our favorite fandoms are on there. You can go to exclusive videos page and see who I've interviewed in the past and see who I will interview in the coming future, including Miss Amanda C. Miller, who will be making her return right around the time when Naruto Cross Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections come out. So stay tuned for that. I'm looking very much forward to talking to my good friend again, and she's just one of my favorite people to interview as well. One of the realists out there. <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that um others may follow as well um a particular person i'm going to reach out to that you hear every week as the voice of the show <laughs> i recently heard him on the uh on the mortal Kombat one um soundtrack so i may call him up and say like let's let's reconnect again see what he can do if he's not too damn busy with his schedule gets bigger every damn time so um we'll see about that too but nonetheless there's a lot of content on air as well. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. You can also check our blog page with a lot of great content in there. And I will be doing a lot of the feed, um, to look at everything that's going on New York Comic Con there. So you can look at that there as well. So, so much content for you to check out there. And if you subscribe and download and never want to miss a beat of this show, subscribe and download to all of your favorite podcast platforms because we are everywhere where podcasts are played. Just to name a few, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Poppy, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, you name it, we are on there. Just jump on it, ACMG presents Talk Time Live on the search engine, it'll pop up. So check us out, subscribe, support, and keep us going and keep us growing from there. So thank you guys so very, very much. 
on that note, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care and have a great week, folks. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.